Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip, and this is episode 212, I think, if I remember rightly. What I do remember is that the guest is Jamie Demetrio, and it was a lovely chat. Yeah, he's great. He's in a new show called Staff Let's Flats, which we talk about a lot, and which who are also sponsoring the podcast, so that's good. Comes out on June 27th on Channel 4, Wednesdays at 10pm, I believe. It's great. I've seen the first two episodes. I won't talk about it because we talk about it a load in the podcast. Um, I will talk about the huge reaction to to last week's podcast. And that really, it meant the world. Thank you. Um, Obviously, when it's not a big celebrity name, they can be the ones that don't naturally get as much attention. But you guys are awesome and you shouted about it a lot. It was with uh, Natalie Clapshaw of uh, a charity called Headway, who help people who've had a traumatic brain injury. And it's it was amazing. It was informative. It, I mean, saying that, if you're here tuning in for a wonderful comedian, you're probably thinking, I don't want to hear that. It's genuinely enjoyable and insightful. It, I, I try to only pick guests and episodes that are going to be engaging, informative, amusing in places. And yeah. It seemed to tick all those boxes, so thank you for tuning into that. We are brought to you as ever by SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com. SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com is my record label, and it's where I've got all my merch. You can buy the Straction Pieces merch. You can buy a lot of summer merch. You can buy sunglasses, vests, shorts, leggings, swimsuits. I mean, it sounds like I'm joking. I genuinely have made all of those things. Most of them are designed by Mr. Heggy, who's one of my favourite artists. So, yeah, head over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com. You can get m- m- mugs as well, all sorts of nice stuff. So, enjoy that. Anything else I need to tell you? I've been recording a lot of podcasts of late. So, next week, um, at last, I'm going to have Kate Nash on. I've talked about doing that one for a long time, because I know Kate from way back. And we really, honestly, we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. It's a really good one. Really enjoyable. We talk about some important subjects. We reminisce a lot. Um, yeah, I think you're going to love that. So that's next week. I've recorded one with Dan Skinner, which we mentioned in, in this episode, who plays Angelos Epithemiu. I'm hopefully getting Stephen Graham um, and one or two others back on for a bit of a chat the week after next. I've got Simon Pegg lined up, Tony Law. I've got a really good mu- music one, but I don't want to say it yet in case it doesn't happen because it's it's one of them where it's not like it's someone i know like with actors or musicians whenever i tease it in advance it's when it's it's someone i know so, so if it falls through we'll, we'll, we'll get round to this but this one's an opportunity that's kind of landed on my lap and it's a cracking one so um hopefully i'll be recording that in a couple of weeks but yeah tons of good stuff um i hope you're enjoying it all does does anyone know if liking and giving five star reviews and that on uh on itunes actually does nothing because i realize i've talked about it for years but only because i heard other podcasts talk about it saying if you could if you could give a five star review and say some nice things and they always say it helps your chart position and stuff like that or exposure i don't really know what it does so I'm no longer going to ask. I haven't asked in a year or so, let's be honest. But I was thinking about it recently. I was thinking I did ask for ages. And I, I never looked into it, but it actually does nothing. I just completely off the back of other people saying it in their podcasts, to sound official, 
You know, I said that. I got sponsored by Squarespace. And that was kind of like, right, well, this is a legit podcast then. He um, he asked us to rate and review. And, uh, and he's sponsored by Squarespace. So, legit podcast. Job done. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. This is Jamie Dimitriou, who you can find on Twitter. And he's on Instagram, not as much. But on, tw- on Twitter, a decent amount. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And you're going to enjoy the show, Staff Let's Flats. So let's jump straight into it. Episode 212 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction And we're rolling. Um, my guest today is... Jamie Dimitriou, is that? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Dimitriou. Yeah. Bang on, yeah. Dimitriou. I think you hit it the first time. Yeah. Perfect. Dimi- well, do you know you're making me question it? Dimitriou. It's making yeah. you unsure, isn't it? Yeah. I've um, never been a fan. How's it going, man? It's all right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know why the weather is the first thing I go to. It's yeah. humid. It's, it's very yeah. humid, and we're recording the Acast Studios, which is a wonderful location because mm. it's in the middle of London, easy to get to. But it gets sweaty as hell in here, so oh, really? we may so, end this topless. Okay. Uh, we're both dark-haired, reasonably hairy. Well, so we've this... started it topless. Yeah, so that's... exactly. <laughs> yeah, we may end it bottomless. Um, <laughs> let's let's see how that goes. Um, there's loads I want to talk to you about today. I'm a fan of a, a lot of different things you've you've popped up in and been involved in. Um, but Cheers. we're going to start off talking about um, Stashlet's uh, fl- uh, fl- Flats, because that's how this is, has come about. Mm-hmm. You've got a new show on Channel 4, um, yeah. and I got to see the first two episodes oh, and you? I just oh. adored it oh really oh thanks lo- so much l- loved it man I've, I was talking to a friend about it and it I mean before we started recording we were talking about Brian Gittins and I think yeah. there's people like there's characters like Gittins Alan Partridge David Brent even that are so well observed that you can it almost becomes a cheat because you can watch them doing anything and oh, Gittins is an example of that I've watched him doing going through his keys on oh, YouTube likewise, and yeah. things like that it's genius and staff as soon as I as soon as the first flat he was, was showing someone around, as soon as that happened, I was like, I know there's going to be a story, I know there's going to be other characters, but I could literally just watch him oh, nice. take people around flats every day. So so how did it come about? And, and where did the character come from? I always, they've always done idiots. That's just yeah. sort of, that's the sort of starting point with anyone, is like, why <laughs> yeah. are they thick? And yeah. why is, but why is that nice to watch? Yeah. That they're thick. Yeah. But yeah, I, I sort of, I, I've always done... Me and my sister have always sort of done Greek-ish voices. Yeah. Because we're half Greek and sort of... I don't know. It's sort of how we've made each other laugh for years. Yeah. I don't know. I've always sort of been caught between being English and being Greek. And as a result, I've sort of met a lot of people who lean more to one side and more yeah. to the other. And I think that there's a certain voice that I think is kind of untapped, which is that, like... I just think... I think a British voice infused with any you know, any other is, is just, it's quite a sort of rare listen. And it's quite, Completely. Hopefully quite and, satisfying. And it, it is, it's, it's, it's instantly amusing and unusual, but it's also something that is untapped because it's a dodgy area to walk upon if you don't have any heritage oh, there. Well, so that's, course, that's why it's like, I was, I was happy to see this because like, well, because you can, because that voice is hilarious. Totally, And totally. most people can't do that voice in an acceptable <laughs> manner. Oh, right, for sure. Therefore, for sure. Y- you can, and it's it's wonderful. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, to I, live. I mean, it's even something that I question whether it's okay, but you are sort of like, I don't know, I kind of think it's important because you do sort of get, 
you know, I think a big problem a lot of the time is people having to portray their sort of, you know, any, nationalities being asked to sort of portray their original, original sort of yeah. like, you know, and people, you know, people are here now. Yeah. And that is that is really untapped. I think the yeah. the fact is again it will you'll generally do you'll see things that are about yeah people from where their families originally come from. But mm. we have had decades now of yeah. so many different cultures growing up, particularly in, in London mm. or, or London and Birmingham and maybe a few others like that, where there's strong accents of Londoners and Brummies yeah. and then you bring in these strong accents of Greek, of Polish, sure. of Jamaican of all these different things and that's an amazing kind yeah. of un, it's not something that's ever covered in TV and film that much, it tends to be if it's a Jamaican character, it's a Jamaican character yeah, for or if sure. it's a Greek character, it's a Greek character yeah. not this which, is of, also, which is also fine and probably not that represented but it's yeah. just what I know, you know and it, yeah. and it, and it felt true and, and like something I, I sort of had an angle on and also, like, I kind of feel, yeah, the voice itself sort of lent itself to, like, a an innocence that sort of gets you over the arsehole line. Like, if you sort of are, exactly I think if you're, that. like, yeah, if you're a, you know, lettings agents aren't the most sort of sympathetic characters, stereotypically. Yeah. But... And you know, it's it's not that I'm trying to get people to, to sympathise with them. To be honest, yeah. I don't have a, a hugely strong opinion. Otherwise, <laughs> other than like Brent should be a lot nicer for me. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just sort of I got I've been doing those voices forever, like that one in particular. And then um, I got given the there's a scheme on Channel Four called the Blaps scheme. Yeah, um, <laughs> they refer to it as a scheme. It's it's great. I think. Channel 4 and BBC 3 at the moment are amazing at taking risks on unusual mm. comedy things. And, sure. And, and, and the Blaps are a key example of that. I've, I've, I've auditioned for a few different things and I've got the script for, I'm just excited that this is getting made. Because right, a right. few years back, you'd go, is that 9pm Friday night? Is that a Friday night comedy? Totally, yeah. Is that this or that? Whereas they're going, what? this is just, this is interesting. And things like Chewing Gum were a prime example of for that. Sure, where. Yeah, yeah. Channel Four have gone potentially gone. No one else is going to make this, and there's there's, there's something here, and they yeah. take a risk on it. And the Blaps are a good way to kind of go. Let's try it out. Let's try making it, and we're not committing to anything. And then if it works, yeah, for sure. I mean, they but some stuff that's come out of it have made you know. Did you ever see Doctor Brown's one? No, I didn't. It like, it's unbelievable, and as is Claudio Doherty's. Not saying I love Doctor Brown. I've caught him a load of times oh, man, at the Fringe and things like that. He's things. amazing. It's like it's like nothing else. My yeah. friend Andrew uh, directed them. He also directed uh, the original Staff Flaps yeah. and my, my other ones. Yeah, they're so good, and and they sort of like launched those guys in America. Yeah. Claudia and Phil. People went yeah. crazy for those things, and they're just like little budget. And I think that that's because they had like a spark, and and because they were given freedom to to sort of do stuff not yeah. that you're not on a bigger scale I've certainly yeah. been given freedom with staff but like yeah I think it's I think it's always small scale is often really useful as a sort of starting point it's sort of re- I think that there's a there's an odd thing that like in like I don't know at the time like not the nine o'clock news or like just that sort of generation was sort of were given whole series to test out characters and yeah. sketch shows yeah it was m- more more over sketch shows but like they're just people just don't really make sketch shows anymore and I think these have sort of replaced that it's your sort of playground to work yeah. out who you are and what you want to make completely and it, I, I guess it also as everyone every writer I was chatting with um, Dan Skinner 
oh, the other yeah. day who does Angelos everything yeah, yeah, no, um, and he was saying how you know everyone as a writer has those moments of oh this is great and then oh this is nonsense and this is useless right. and if someone goes this is worth trying out yeah. in the form of a blap or whatever and getting the funding to go well just make one of it yeah, and then we'll see if that works rather than again rather than that pressure of well have you got six episodes and off the bat right. if you've not started to play with it and experiment of course, yeah. that's a lot to ask because you're yeah, like yeah. well I don't know what it is properly yet I know it's good but yeah, you need yeah. to get in there and start making it to, totally. to find those legs but part of the battle as well is sort of knowing that you don't have six things of it the amount yeah. of times when I was starting out I'd walk into a room and be like I've got this idea um, yeah you better run with it and yeah. then they'd be like yeah what is it and then I'd realise I had like one yeah. like one idea for a character <laughs> and maybe one line of dialogue um but there is something else in like I mean we're talking about talks about David Earl like yeah. his have you watched this thing Combo he does yeah I C- mean Combo is another one that's just so amazingly observed again you can l- lose yourselves in hours of his YouTube videos because totally. it's just so it is it's it's an aging hipster in Shoreditch like we're recording this off Old Street you could bump you could have a conversation with a real life combo totally in ten, within 10 minutes of leaving this <laughs> yeah, room yeah and it's a beautiful I thing i think i might have had a few in this building yeah, yeah, yeah exactly no, no, I didn't. but but yeah he's <laughs> but he just like i kind of think that the i don't know i'm not the first person to say this but this sort of the, the number of like platforms and stuff and just like the the ability to just i don't know generate content and be like there it is you can watch yeah. it if you want like is insane now it's like there's no one who can't do that and like and the you know things like combo show that you can just sort of shoot yourself doing something in a day or like 10 minutes and then suddenly that becomes worth watching and it becomes you know a thing that i get as excited about as i would have done say an episode of the simpsons when i was a kid coming on completely it's like i actually think that that those are the things that i get most excited I get most excited in the same way as I would tell you when I was a kid it's just like it's so weird trying to get your head around it like when I was like a 13 year old or and the dream was to make my own sitcom or whatever I probably didn't want it that early like 15 or whatever you know the thing was like I want a BBC2 slot at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock because that's when the office was on and that's when all the cool stuff's on yeah exactly that's what you know is the target exactly but I think a huge part of our generation uh, still has that target in their head, but the the things just completely moved and changed around, yeah. and it's like I don't even think that slot exists anymore. No, and the stuff that you know, the BBC works in a very different way now. It's like BBC Three is the place where they workshop new stuff, and yeah, it's just it's about working out like I don't know. There, there are so many opportunities, and it's worth sort of like embracing all of them, I guess. And again, completely that the the realization, even for younger kids, it's even un. It's unimaginable how how little they're going to care about what's on the TV. Oh, but God, yeah. even just what you were saying about the excitement of new things, I remember when I found Limmy on Vine. Oh my God! And the yeah. excitement of a new Vine, and that's six seconds. But you would be like, I can't wait. Particularly if it looks like he's going to do a whole evening of them, and oh, it'll be yeah. just these six second. They're just nonsense and insane. But that's just a guy at home with a phone. And yeah, it's heaven. Yeah, he's used that well again to. To workshop ideas and and not that this is a David Earl appreciation podcast, but I think it might but, be. But Combo and Brian like... Gittins are two as well, where he can just sit down with a webcam or with a camera and just play about, and that's a really good platform for de- developing ideas, developing characters. That then down the line you might have to go right. Is this where does 
just live in the greater world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was that with Staff as a character? Because one of the things I loved is it does translate into a a greater world. Your sister in it is just fantastic. Oh, yeah, she's brilliant. Again, just the the because knowing that she's incredibly talented comedian and writer and actress and everything else, the the subtlety and simplicity of her character, you know, most of her lines don't make any sense at all. (laughs) But it's the way they're delivered. And it's, it's similar with... Both of the characters, in fact, it's it's what I loved about it was it's the way everything is delivered in the context of them, rather than necessarily anything in the line, and that was perfect for an estate agent or a letting right. agent because I've been there where they're you know I've had letting agents that are clearly you know probably the nerdy kid at school, oh, but right, he's yeah. got his dad's suit on, right, and yeah. he doesn't know that much, but he's talking with such confidence, oh, for sure. without saying anything, it's sure. like, this is the living room, obviously, and living rooms can be great yeah. for um, a lot of things, and, and just <laughs> the confidence with which they're talking nonsense, is something I'd never thought about, that translating on the screen, and as staff as a character, it's perfect for that, because so much of what he says is just, it's gibberish, but yeah, it's it, delivered with such... Of course, this is a treat for you. Sure, of How course. Lucky are and you? they never—I I kind of feel like they never question. It's just like a horse bolting. Yeah, it's just like they bolt through the house, and whatever comes out must be good because they're saying it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think, yeah. That I mean, I had uh, there's there's a bit that's gone in verbatim. I think in a later episode, I had a guy who uh, showed me and my mate around a flat, and uh, he went in to turn the light on, and he went, um, well. Uh, and he was like, right, okay, so I'm just going to turn the light on. Okay, that's not working. And it was just completely pitch black in the flat. And he went, ah, no, I've just remembered. We uh, do a thing uh, in the property where we make sure that uh, you don't turn the light on until you rent the flat because it's such a treat to turn the light on. We want it. We don't want to give it to anyone who's not renting the flat. It's for them and them only. And we were like, so are we doing a tour in the dark? And he was like, well, unless you want to ruin the treat. <laughs> I, was like, I love it. I don't, I, and I, yeah, it just felt like a. I mean, this was after I'd started coming up with it. In yeah. fact, I, I, because I started writing it and I was still living with my parents, I'd, I'd never really like met lettings agents before. Yeah. So I was just sort of guessing. It just felt like a good world because it's a lot of the time it's sort of for them to lose. It's just like, it's, you know, the flat is the flat. It doesn't yeah. matter what they say about it. You, yeah. It's just pointing at things and being like, it's okay. If you have a question about like, like utilities or something, yeah, definitely have them around, but there's no point in going, as you can see, that is a white table. Yeah. It's That's like, it. if you, you could literally just open the door and go, have a look around. I'll be out here. Absolutely. That would do the it's job. Like hand, what's you the like expression? It or you don't like They're it. just like giving, handing themselves the noose basically. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. They're completely. just, it, it, yeah. So it kind of felt like a good, it felt like a good world for that reason. But then I actually met the people and was like, oh, right, yeah, I mean, this, I'm sort of, it's that stranger than fiction type thing. Like, yeah. more often than not, the stuff that's real, I just can't, I just can't put in. And it's just such a, it, it's such a wonderful thing, because when I've had letting agents, it's a weird thing, I'm not that much of a, a chatty or social person, so, so I'd much rather just be given the key, and, and they will oh, always sure. try and connect in some way, like, you, you... You watch the match at the weekend, like like total partridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, like, but it's this, I think that's such a British thing as well. Like, yeah. um, like I've shown it to a couple of Americans, and I think that it's 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 a difficult translation because the service in- industry over there is so like um, embraced. Yeah. Whereas over here, if I'm in a shop and someone asks if I want any help with anything, you could shatter me by touching yeah. me. Yeah. I just turn to like, I just turn Why to a block. You- 
Yeah. I can't, I just can't move. Um, but yeah, I think that's sort of like, yeah, I think the question the whole time from any of the people, because a lot of those tours are sort of improvised. So anyone yeah. we had showing around, we had great people. Like, you, it's, you need someone like within. That's what I was going to ask how much of that was scripted because it feels so. To, to get it so on the fly and thinking on your feet, which is what they're doing, it would be hard to have it too scripted, I guess. So For sure, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the viewings, you have, like, a vague outline. I mean, there yeah. is script, but the, yeah. the viewings are the things that are most improvised. Yeah. But, like, you just... You need to make sure the people you're playing opposite... Like, we got, like, in the first episode, we got Phoebe Walsh and Fergus Craig, and they're yeah. just, like... It's so useful to have, like, the, the, the purest naturalism because yeah. I am, like jumping the shark with every line I'm saying yeah 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 so it yeah, needs yeah. to be grounded but yeah it's it's, it's just, basically improvised. just the opening line on one of the of, of of the lettings when there's like just a white kind of security thing there and he's like obviously it's nice to come home and have something that's like the moon uh, <laughs> at, at, at your door just, why just, would that just be the, nice the ludicrousness of, of yeah. it's just it's perfect and yeah the the ability yeah it, it must be key for everyone to be able to just Natural, be completely natural, and not just corpse constantly. Because oh, you're because yeah. you're throwing ludicrousness at them, like un unrestrained ludicrousness. Yeah, yeah. In their direction, unscripted, unprepared. So it must be a real uh, effort for everyone involved to be like, right, no, let's let's wait until <laughs> we cut, and then we can all. I mean, yeah, I, I, I hope so, but I also think that like more often than not, they're just going, "Is he having a breakdown?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that. Right? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, it's re- it's just it's so important. But that's you ask about. Um, you asked about uh, the, the why why a sort of bigger world or whatever. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think that it's all like connected to that thing I was saying about naturalism. It's like if the surrounding characters can ground him, yeah. like he's sort of flying like over the houses with yeah. like you know it sort of occasionally veers into surreal, but like I think. We managed to get a cast who I think is so, you know, have such great commitment that it can make. I kind of think that all the best characters have weirdly been quite heightened, but if they're committed, it sort of works. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Partridge, it's like that is, you know, that's a big character, but yeah. you believe it because it's so dense with like information and he's just like, you know, it, you just know everything about him yeah, within the yeah. first few words, and he's just build constantly building, like all the exposition you get in the in the episodes. Like it's like character exposition, yeah. Which is which is like it's a really difficult thing to balance, sort of like plotting and and, and, yeah, and making course. sure you're developing the character and not just the situation. And yeah, I, and I think it, yeah, that yeah. that that helps that helps when you have a car, like an actor who knows who knows what they want to do with the character and I think we were really lucky to have that obviously Tash my sister yeah. it was just a given obviously yeah. she had to play it because she's because she's brilliant more than because she's my sister it's sort of like I'd put her in everything anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah like Katie Wicks I was so happy to get on board like yeah. a lot of the cast the people like, I went up to the we talked back to David Earl of course because yeah. this is the David Earl yeah. podcast <laughs> yeah. I went up to the Fringe for the first time in 2009 and I think 90% of the people I saw there that blew my head off uh, yeah. in the show, and oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah, and that I couldn't. Yeah, I, I, there's so many people that I count as like massive influences from the, that year. The guy who plays kind of, again, it's it's the, it's the so, so far, despite every character being quite l- ludicrous, it's the subtlety of all of them that I've loved. And yeah. the guy who plays kind of, 
I guess is the love interest. Um, oh, Al. Al yeah. He was just amazing because, again, he's your sister's character there is, and again, it goes off the the sympathy of the fact that kind of almost everyone in it is a bit of an a bit of an idiot, a, right. a bit of a wally. So you can forgive that staff is. It's quite rude. And again, it's, it's something that I was talking to Dan Skinner about, like with Angelos. He's like, I can be horrible with Angelos because you're already feeling above him. So you're yeah. like, oh, he's just a wally. That's you're you're so not true, going, yeah. he's bitter, he's nasty. You're like, he's such a twat. And with uh, your sister, she says some ludicrous stuff, but her character is so lovely that you're just like, oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, she's lovely. And, and again, it's beautiful seeing him clearly know that nothing she's saying is actually funny or make any sense but laughing along and being kind of enamoured by her yeah, totally. just because of that that that, that, yeah. that dedication to that as a, yeah she's just sort of a, a a sort of exercise ball rolling down the road yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> yeah, just sort yeah, of yeah. got nothing going on but you need because that's it, I, I, a thing we worked out early on because it's it was so hard to sort of work out who you populate a world with when you only yeah. really have like a character and I guess all their roles are there to sort of initially to bring out a different side of Stath so like you've got his nemesis who he's sort of like you know kind of intimidated by and then you've got you know most people sort of look down on him so he's got to be able to sort of like be patronising towards someone and Sophie his sister is arguably a lot thicker than he is which that's possible but a lot more (laughs) sort of kind hearted I guess and like you have the sort of limpest like pathetic man in the world who's the person he respects most in the world which is his friend Al because yeah he's kind of I don't know everyone else looks down on him and that's not something to respect yeah yeah completely and again I mean it's it's all the the subtleties and we will move on to other stuff I've, I've watched two episodes for God's sake and I'm breaking down every part but there was just something hilarious about the dude behind him at the desk where he's saying yeah stayed up all night I'd house myself listening to Muse and and, and just the hell because again it's like I've met people who are so excited to say that they're into Muse or or whatever (laughs) band it is going yeah I rocked out it was a real cranked it up to 11 (laughs) type thing and it's like alright mate cool 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 Good on you. So yeah. even the characters that in the first couple of hours haven't really come out yet and haven't really got much totally. flesh to them. There's nice little they. It's that 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 thing I think you nailed it there, where that they clearly know who that character is. So there's no rush to explain it or get it out there. They, they're living that character, so you get that feeling of right. He's already he's a, he knows he's an he's an established character there. Totally. I don't know him yet, but there's clearly. It's totally, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a few people like that. Kyle Smith-Bino is a guy who comes in, he's sort of got more to do throughout the series. And, yeah, he just, he does a lot of shutting stuff down. But there, you know, casting is just everything, yeah. I think. You, you just, yeah, I mean, you ask about improv as well, and it's like, it's not so much about, like, improvising entire lines, but just little, like, intonation and stuff like that can make a line, and you, yeah. you can make a line that just is nothing on the page really and so I think that's sort of why it took so long to get away because scripted it's just gobbledygook because I write yeah. it phonetically as well right so it's oh, like wow. yeah it's it's just I don't expect anyone to get their head around it I think there's a line in episode 2 where I say oh no what a shock and it's like who the he- like am I right is it like I don't know why I, I sort of read it back because it's the sort of thing you write at like 1 o'clock in the morning and you're like 
Am I writing a sitcom in the seventies? I yeah. don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and but you know, somehow I got across the line. We did enough sort of like little video tasters and things yeah. like that. But that's what's beautiful about it is again a lot of a lot of staff's humour is gonna be he's gonna have got from TV shows, from things that so a lot of the stuff like that kind of like the idea of 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 someone now saying was up oh, or, right, yeah. or, or I want to go <laughs> totally. there not. And yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that, it's like it's all that humour. So again, it's it it means that you've then got to write kind of shit comedy. Yeah, totally. But they have to understand that oh. honestly, that's kind of the point. That's 100%. his character thinking it's funny is what's funny. I'm not saying that going was up is funny. I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it better than it's, I could. It's misperception it's, of it. It's a comedy about things that aren't funny. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think that is literally what it is. Like one one of my mission statements at the beginning was I want to make a sitcom where people laugh in it because yeah. all sitcoms are full of jokes and yeah. people with straight faces. Yeah, 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 and I was yeah. like, when people... And often, you know, and I get that's like a totally... It's like a different genre. You know, yeah. there are a lot of comedies where the platform is just like, this is just a bed for jokes, and that's great. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some really, really great writing. Yeah. But a lot of the time, you know, when someone says like a zinger in a yeah. sitcom, I'm waiting for someone to be like, did you just come up with that? That's yeah. the, that is inc- And your character's really thick as well. Yeah. How yeah. the hell did you yeah. do that? Yeah. And I was like, I think... I'd like to have people laughing when people say stuff that's funny, but maybe people don't even say stuff that's funny because yeah. more often than not, people are sat around in the pub, you know, and they go, oh, you know, everyone thinks their group of mates are the funniest group of mates in the world. 100%. And, and there's no, there's no proof of that. And the likelihood yeah. is, is not true. Um, but it's like that secondhand, it's like that secondhand joke sort of thing. Like, really, oh my God, David was saying the other day that he was saying that his car was like a, it's like it's so fast, it's like a bloody aeroplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, and that's what now is it. It's the fact Nothing. that it's 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 the fact that it's infectious when and Ricky Gervais is a perfect example of this. I love Ricky Gervais, and he's probably made me laugh. Some of his stand-up and that has made me laugh more than anyone else, but not as much as it's made him laugh. <laughs> and, and, and that's the bit that's oh, key. God, Stuff yeah. is that character that, again, he's saying those lines and laughing at them himself, which, and again, it's why often you'll think your group of mates are hilarious, because a few of them laugh at their own jokes a lot. And right, that becomes, right, right. you're all in on it then, and you're laughing along, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if they hadn't laughed, if it had been a scripted thing and they hadn't laughed, you'd be like... Oh, horrible. Was that... <laughs> was that a joke? But because they're comfortable with it and finding it hilarious, yeah. it kind of yeah, you'd like it drags you in along. Bed that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that. So, um, are you and your sister both being com- comedians and performers? Growing up, were you competitive, or have you always been? Because I said, like you, you said instantly, of course, I was going to yeah, put my yeah, sister yeah. in it because she's amazing. So, has there always been a support from each other or and bringing each other up to a higher level or has there ever been kind of rivalry or competitiveness I think I don't think there's really been any rivalry or competitiveness I think it's I think we've always sort of just been validation for each other for years and years I think because we like luckily shared a sensibility growing up I kind of think we were the the sort of testing meter for each other yeah sort of like you know if someone was there sort of I think that's been the case I think that's been the case forever and it works with your peers as well. If someone that you find funny finds you funny, you sort of yeah. have a bit more confidence in, in what you're saying. Not that I've always, I was absolutely like very, very shy boy. Yeah. But like, I kind of felt with that stuff, it was always like, oh, I knew, I knew I could make her laugh because I knew what her things were. And, and I kind of think I've sort of huge. stuck to that yeah. forever, really. Because yeah. that's massive. Like I, I when I had Riz Ahmed on ages ago, he, um, 
he spoke about the thing that pushed him into acting was one person saying, you're really good at that. Right. So in comedy as well, if you've got that person with you day to day and that's the person that you're trying to make laugh and they're trying to make you laugh then that's huge motivation because that's not that that waiting for that one stranger that's you've got that on a day to day thing to go this is funny we're laughing this is let's do more of this yeah totally and i guess comedy's an like an even stronger example of it because you literally need to hear that barking sound coming out of their mouth to know yeah. that what you're doing is yeah. is good it's like you know, and it, like we were saying earlier, if you don't get that, it's yeah. dis, it's a disgusting feeling yeah. <laughs> to, to, to tank. But I kind of think that over time, me and her have sort of, you know, because we we still make stuff together and and sort of always have. And then I went up to the fringe yep. um, through uni, and then she sort of came. I was like, oh, I didn't. We didn't even know it existed. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to Scotland in the summer for a yeah. month. You're joking? Why? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. How how was your experience of the fringe? But because I was talking to Brett Goldstein. And he was saying that you had a bad time at Me? the Fringe. Yeah. Right. So so what's the... <laughs> so we're doing the David Earl podcast. And he was yeah, doing the yeah, David Earl yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah he, I think, in fact, he knows... Yeah, I know he would be talking about that because I, I never saw his show because uh, an hour before someone stole everything I owned. Right. Um, from uh, I, I weirdly had a day where I was moving house, so I had yeah. to take all my stuff into my venue. Yeah. And while I was on stage, someone came in and stole everything. everything. Oh, my wow. laptop, my Man. hard drive, like loads of clothes. It was insane. It was such a weird yeah. like, restart. But yeah, the fringe that's in general rough. is like. Sorry, that's a weird moment to just change subject. No, I like it. No, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. But yeah, I, uh, the fringe in general is both. It's it's the best thing in the world in hindsight and yeah. in retrospect, but in the moment it's hell. I yeah. can't I can't think of a purer hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, it's such have you have you done it right? I've I've, I've it's it, it's not fair me talking about the fringe. Oh because really? Because I did the fringe once, but after I toured the country for years and had an audience. Oh right. So I, I saw your show. It was amazing. Sold out shows every night yeah. and made loads of money. You're the underbelly, and, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had a lovely time and really enjoyed it. But again, like when I was talking to Dan Skinner, it was a weird one because he was on before me and he was trying out a new character. So he's someone right. who I'm already yeah. a fan of, I think is great. He's trying out a new character and the crowds weren't great. He was falling out of love with the character throughout the run. And it was just horrible for me because he hadn't met me. I was a fan of him, so I was excited to meet him in the, the, the kind of crossover. And he was like, yes... It's tough tonight. How are your sales? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're like, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, shit. But, I'm not having a yeah, cram. No, but, but yeah, it, it is what I loved. I've been back. I've performed there w- w- once. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I've been back numerous times because just as an audience, member, about, yeah. it's fucking amazing because there's so much good stuff on. And it was seen, in fact, I got nervous about the fringe. I got up there and I planned my show. I was all ready. And before I did my show, I'd, I'd gone up a day early. I went to see B- B- Brett Goldstein and, and Rosenthal. Um, and, and, and both nice. of them just had the most complete, amazing story from beginning to end. And I thought, I'm going to f- f- fail miserably. Because I felt I'm just doing essentially a spoken word gig. It's not real. Do you know what I mean? It's right, not, right. I didn't feel like it was a show. I felt like it was a, a, a gig. But sure. It's amazing to go up there and see all of those, those kind of things. All these different comedians approaching it in different ways and I don't know high energy stuff always yeah. tends to kill because people are going to see like 
10 shows in a day, yeah. which the body just wasn't built to do. Yeah. yeah. I kind of think... I, it's true. Me and my it's mates true, always, exhausting. yeah, it's it's insane. There, and there is no, you know, obviously there's amazing stuff at the, up at the fringe. Yeah. But there is no realer, more painful boredom yeah. that sets in than when you're 15 minutes into a show and that you're not enjoying and you've got 45 minutes to go. Yeah. And because the fact is, if you're, if it's not the fringe, if you're going out for an evening for comedy, and again, there's going to be tough crowds regardless. Sure. But if you're going out for comedy you're invested in having a good time. Oh, totally, You're hoping to laugh already. So the person on stage just has to bring you along on on that kind of... You're already there to, I want to laugh, I'm out with my mates, I've had my drinks, that's what I want to do. Whereas at the Fringe, as said, have you seen 10 shows? Mm. It's not as much of a, I'm here for the... It's like, well, I'm trying things out, I'm seeing this, is this going to be good or shit? We'll find out. So you've not got that initial foot up. Yeah, 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 for sure. And if you've just seen a crap show... yeah. The next one has something to prove. Yeah, it's yeah. like without even realizing it, they're stepping out on yeah. stage thinking this is a fresh crowd, and yeah. they've all got their arms folded and their right. heads dipped. I've seen some rubbish today. Yeah, for free. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. And it's yeah. outrageous. I'm yeah, yeah. oh, sorry. And saying that out loud to you while you're yeah. on stage, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so is, we just make the show about that then. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah, tough. it's uh, it's it's really hard, but it's so it's it's unbelievably useful. Like it's yeah. sort of like tearing muscle. You do like twenty five gigs in a row and by the sort of 10th you wonder where your eyes are yeah <laughs> you're just like rolling into the back of your head yeah, while you're yeah, reeling yeah, off the yeah. same stuff and you've got to try and roll them back around yeah. to to sort of like remind yourself why you're doing it and like for me I, I sort of you know there's there's a lot of like a lot of people will talk about the fringe as like oh you're just using it as a platform to sort of get other places and I like the people I know who still do the fringe are some of the funniest people yeah. I know and I'm you know it's amazing that they still do it and I would totally still do it if I didn't shit myself as a, yeah. a, a you know I did five nights two years ago with do you know Cardinal Burns yes 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 so I do like a monthly night with them oh, and my wow. sister and my friend Ellie White who she's yeah. a double act with my sister she's yeah. brilliant and we did five nights there perfect I did ten minutes each night that is about my limit I think yeah. five nights ten minutes a night is like you can properly enjoy yourself but any longer than that, like doing an hour each day, the day beforehand is just deleted. I think I yeah. spent about six hours just sort of lent on a kitchen service, surface, yeah. just sort of staring into a, like a cup of honey and lemon. Like I got, I've, I've had everything. And I had again, laryngitis up there. You just, you just go absolutely mad. I think that's it though. I think people can mistake people going and doing the fringe and not coming back for a while as not having res- or disrespecting it in some way but totally. I think it's the complete opposite I think it's because you've got a Scars. respect for it and it's well that's it it's, the reason I've not been back is I went and I said I felt I did a gig if I go back I want to have a completely different show because totally. that's how comedians do it it feels a cheat as a musician to go well how we tour totally. is we just play the hits and you get to enjoy the hits how comedians do it is you've got to throw everything away and start again for so sure. it would feel yeah fraudulent to go back and go here I am again. Remember this from four years ago. Yeah. Here it is again. Oh, I've I mean, learned it. The temptation, though, yeah. to do that. Temptation. But again, it's that. That's exactly. I do hope to go back at some point, but with something completely new that's made for the fringe, rather than. And again, it's tough because if you're not a stand-up, I'd get invited to do ten minutes on Alex Horn's thing and things like that, and I was always like, about. 20 to 30% of my set is about suicide. Do, do, I don't think I can pop up for 10 minutes at your comedy night you and do a poem beat. about suicide. I just go like, 
thanks guys come to my show I was like I, t- I turned all of them down and it looked like I was some arrogant prick who was like I don't need your show it's like I don't want to ruin your show I'll come and enjoy it completely I'll, 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 I just don't want to ruin it I don't want to dis- yeah I always think that I'm sort of like I'm always like who's who's winning here yeah. it's like I'm never like oh what you don't get my stuff yeah. you don't get stuff that's a bit weird mate yeah. like not that I think of my stuff as yeah. that but like yeah. that's not the way I'm thinking yeah. I'm like if I sort of have like new stuff I don't want to ruin someone's night with no, that. I, I'm going to do it. Like th- I literally only gig at my friend Rupert's gig. That we do. It's this Cardinal Burns night that we do. Yeah. And it's like, I I know that the audience know what to expect from my stuff. Yeah. But it's like a bit all over the place and that they won't mind. That's fine. It's like an, it's like an agreement. <laughs> yeah, it's like I get yeah. to sort of like work out some stuff and they sort of know what they're getting. But if you're sort of turning up, like when you're dying on stage... I'm never thinking like bastards in the audience. I'm just like, what are we all doing here? Yeah. This is mental. Like, yeah. I did a gig in Leicester once at, at the Y in front of so many people, and I was, you know, all my characters. The joke more often than not is that they're not funny, and that's yeah. the that's the thing, um, and that they're really trying. Yeah. And I was sort of like, I'm playing a guy who's not being funny, and that's the joke, and no one's laughing. Yeah. I was like, what, what? have I chosen to do for a living this is insane it's the ultimate it's it's both a safety net and just throwing away your parachute at the same time because oh, it totally, is it's, yeah. it, it's a discussion I've had again with, with, with Gittins a million times yeah. I think it applies to Neil Hamburger and oh, totally. Angelos people like that is if they've for me as a fan if they've nailed the gig there's at best an awkward smuttering of amusement <laughs> Because they've nailed it then. They've done the character perfectly. Oh, right, right, if right. If there's rounds of applause, it's like I, when I saw I saw um, Doug Stanhope a few times. Oh, right, right, right. And the times I've saw him that's great is when it's not his crowd. Because part of his point is that he'll shock you and offend you, but then there'll be a point and an explanation. Whereas if on the shock and offence bit, everyone's like, we love you, this is great, it takes some of that away. So that's kind of the key to when you've written a character that's meant to be a bit awkward and shit, you're you're giving yourself a bad night because you're having to go out there and have at least some period of people like... Yeah. Is this guy for real? Yeah, you put yourself in a is position this... to hopefully subvert their expectation. Yeah. But I mean, in the mean, but the truth. But I think the truth is, but with it, all it these, it gives people... you an escape from just chasing instant laughter. Oh, totally. It totally. gives you. It gives. If someone doesn't laugh at your joke, you're like, well, of course they didn't. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the point. It's not funny for sure. But deep down, <laughs> all these people are like, oh, yeah. please laugh. It'd be please so laugh nice it, if you yeah. did. It's like even as an like as someone who used to watch stuff like that all the time, I'd always go up to people and be like, "You got no laughs, mate. Well done. That's what you wanted, isn't yeah. it?" And they're sort of like, "No, I sort of think I'm quite funny." Yeah, <laughs> it's a real shame. I, I sort when, of want to be a comedian. When Gittin supported me on tour, he apologised every night after he came off stage, <laughs> and he was my favourite support act I've ever had. But every time I go, I'm so sorry if I've, I've ruined the night for everyone else. Cause yeah, yeah, like, totally. No, that's not. It's, it's yeah, worked. for sure. I mean, I remember doing that gig at Leicester. And my girlfriend <laughs> at the time was there, and she was trying to be supportive in a room of like 500 people. Yeah. With, I mean, zero laughs. Yeah. So when every time she laughed, the whole room looked in her direction. Yeah. Just like, is she seeing, is she watching an episode of 40 Towers on her phone or something? Yeah. What could she possibly be laughing at because this man on stage is dumb? Yeah. It's the kind of thing of the one thing worse than a room of 500 people with no applause is a room of 500 people with, with one oh, person. Oh, totally, totally. Because just, at least if it's not everyone, it's like, right, it's not worked out. Yeah. It's like having a penny instead of having no money. If yeah. you have a penny, you can look <laughs> yeah. at how little money you. You have if you have no money it's like well i guess i don't have any money exactly that yeah. is, is 
it makes me think of again. It's coming back round to staff left Alex flats, but just before I um I got my first flat. This guy had shown around is like oh, it was amazing. And I, I can't remember if it was a comedian or what, but someone pointed out that when you get a mortgage, you own less than not <laughs> the nothing of that flat. That's so because you funny, own because yeah. Dad lent you one hundred and fifty or whatever grand, so you own mine minus one hundred and fifty grand because yeah. it's in debt. So a person who walks past your flat owns more of your flat. <laughs> than you do and you're paying a mortgage yeah. every month and you're and strutting just, as well yeah, you're strutting exactly with you, you own your place basically yeah it's like you've got that that, that thing on post saying here's how much you owe us it's yeah. like oh fuck that oh guy out there God. doesn't owe a thing but um Christ. so who who were your and your sister's kind of influences growing up comedy wise or was it just kind of each other as the kind uh, of oh yeah we, know, we definitely like stuff on telly I mean our dad, in a big way, was yeah. was also someone just like I mean, some of the stuff he spouts it's just a waterfall of <laughs> lunacy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, TV wise, like Harry Enfield was a big one. Yeah. We loved like Father Ted. Uh, people forget how huge Harry Enfield right was totally. at that time. It was it kind of I had the 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 red and the blue videos which was the first Likewise, two series yeah, and it was yeah. like that was the best thing I'd watch it on repeat now it's kind of I remember it as being oh it's a bit cheesy it's a it bit really happy. Isn't. and it's like it was genius it yeah. was you knew everything because that was before it became kind of looked down upon to have catchphrases sure and it felt in the little Britain kind of era people started to sneer at that yeah whereas then there was no sneering. That was the alternative comedy. That was the sure the thing. So yeah, yeah. It's sort of. I guess it was sort of like with with Harry Enfield. I guess his catchphrases were kind of anarchic and, and odd. And it's yeah. sort of. I don't know. I kind of feel like his stuff has really stood the test of time as well. Yeah. As has he. He's yeah. like still really funny. I don't know if you watched that show, The Windsors, but his performance cool, in it yeah. is like he he's really like everything he does is so idiosyncratic yeah. and, and odd and taps into like. I don't know if you saw... Do you see the thing they did, the story of the twos? It was no. the hist. Try and watch it. It's yeah. like the history of BBC Two, and they, they parody every era of BBC Two oh, for wow. like, since it's since it was created. And it's it's genuinely one of the best hours of TV I've seen in about wow. 15 yeah, years. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And, but it's so constantly on the money. He sort yeah. of pastiches panel shows and, and question time, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But again, it's those it's these things that remind you that Harry Enfield and that were huge for a good reason. And, totally. And Paul, Paul Whitehouse is another example of that. Him, him recently in, in Death of Stalin. I'd kind oh, of amazing. forgotten about Paul, Paul Whitehouse. In Death of Stalin, he's a show stealer. He's absolutely amazing. You're like, of course he is. He's brilliant. Totally, he's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Why have I forgotten that? But character comedy is it's, it's, it's kind of like... It's not like it's not falling off. There's still like character comedies around, but it's definitely not the sort of name of the game yeah. anymore. That like I kind of think comedy and character comedy were kind of synonymous. Like TV comedy and yeah, character yeah, comedy, yeah, it was yeah. just that's what TV comedy was yeah, completely for so long because it was sketch shows and it was you know like uh, Monty Python and yeah. they were constantly multi-rolling and trying to work out different voices and characters yep. and observations and stuff like that. And that you know Stath with uh, Stathless Flats, I, I kind of you know. I was kind of concerned that it it I don't know where it fits in the landscape yeah. these days because I I to be honest the I, the more of the stuff that I watch is kind of like 
you know, comedy drama. Yeah. Like, that's that's the sort of comedy I go to. Yeah. Other than, like, I mean, this country, I think, is absolutely it's brilliant. Amazing, and Daisy and Charlie are two of the funniest people I get to be met. so hipster on that, because when the first episode aired, oh, it was yeah. pure chance, but I was staying up, up to watch some UFC, and a fight had been cancelled. So we had a spare half hour, wow. and we flicked onto BBC Two. And genuinely, it sounds like the cliche of people talk about The Office. Now, we didn't know if it was a comedy or a documentary at first. Me and oh, my brother right. were watching, like... Is this real? Because this is, and that's how good it was. But that was li- li- literally the first episode on its first run, and it's like, this is amazing. And we just watched every episode. And it's, they're genius. They're, again, you could watch them two do absolutely anything. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they could just ramble for ages. I mean, yeah, me and Tash worked with them just before it got made. Yeah, and yeah, we're very much like, oh, that's they're the funniest brother and sister in the world. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, it. so we'll, we'll sort of, yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, well, I'm glad you didn't get to see that UFC game. Yeah, 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 it was great. But um, so, so I mean, the obvious question that comes up a lot is who, who were your influences growing up? But I think just as important or more important is who are your influences now you're doing it? Like, it's often, right. I think people overlook how huge an influence your peers can be and those, or even the, the people that you can now realistically want to be your peers. I think right. that's a genuine motivation. When you start to get something like, oh man, I could I could kind of w- potentially a, w- work with that person in the future. That becomes, it becomes all the more motivated. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I think that, um, I, I don't know, I don't know if I ever think that about myself until it happens. Yeah, yeah. I think that I, you know, everyone I know that I, I sort of, well, the majority of people I know whose stuff I really like are just ridden with anxiety and yeah. self-loathing and hate their own stuff. Yeah. And I think it's only recently I've started to see that as, as like, you know, a connective thing between yeah. everyone I like. And I'm mm. like, oh, well, if that's the case, maybe I should hold on to a bit of that yeah. about myself. Like, I, when people ask me if the show's good, I can't say yes because I have no idea. And yeah. If my, I was give my honest there. answer is made it. it's as good as the last person said it was to me. Like yeah. someone could yeah, be yeah. like, "It's great," and I'm like, "Is it okay? Brilliant." And then someone like a friend recently was sort of like, "Yeah, there's a couple of, I don't know, you could have done a few things differently." And I think I stood still for about six days, <laughs> missed loads of work. It's always <laughs> the most helpful when you've got friends who give you feedback past the point of oh, feedback yeah, being yeah, any yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feedback in general, that's really good if you've got friends who are open, but if it's past the point of feedback, if it's already made, yeah. just say the bits you like. Just also... Just tell me the bits it, that you like. Filter it through a positive. Just yeah. go... Just go... <laughs> exactly. Just go, oh, I tell you what I really liked was this one bit and nothing else. Yeah. Why don't you just make this one bit the whole show? That, yeah. that I can sort of go, okay, thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. That sounds like an insult, but I'll go with it. <laughs> But yeah, I think that yeah, everyone around me is is great. But yeah, I, I, I've recently I got to do a bit on Partridge recently, and, and I think that Coogan is someone who I don't know is I aspire to have as you know as anyone would as long and and good a, a, a career as. Yeah. Like, and I think the the recent Partridge stuff is the best part. And I'm I've watched I, again. It was another one. I had the videos. I've watched all of them a million times. I think I was scared of Tim Key joining because I'm a massive fan of Likewise, Tim but yeah. it's fucking Partridge and he's just added to it amazingly and I think all the mid-morning matter stuff and then the 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 little mini documentaries they did oh, after so are as good as any bit of Partridge I think it's, it's, it's amazing to have a character that's was so iconic and then took a load of time off and come back and I think it's improving upon the the over totally well it's that it's that like 
evolving format thing, which yeah. no one has ever. Well, not no one, but like it seems like he's really like. Yeah, he's just constantly changing the format of the show. It's like it was, you know, he was a, a sports pundit, then he was, a, you know, a talk show host, and then it was a sitcom, and then it yeah. was like a radio, like a video yeah. radio show. It's like it's, and now it's, a, it's like a one show type thing. Yeah, and and and, and then it's documentaries, and I kind of think that freshness and constantly and changing the character are now the big budget type f- film. Oh yeah, right. transfer, which again, no one manages to do. Generally, that you go. I like it because I like the characters, but in general it fails a bit. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. They, they just follow where the character's going. Yeah. Like, the idea for me of doing a sort of series three, four, five of staff is yeah. very daunting because I just feel like I'll inevitably start treading the same ground again. And I think that with, with most things, it's like Julia Davis, for example, is really good at just going, I've done that, that was really fun, I'm going to do yeah. another thing now. Yeah. Um, and and it just and I think that her and Steve are two of the, the best of the best. Yeah. Like... Uh, and uh, especially from that sort of like early noughties generation, yeah, completely. like I just love their stuff so much, it's, and I think it's, it's just constantly evolving. And and st- and the character of Partridge is constantly evolving as well. And they just they get the format to suit where he's at now. Like they always talk about how he's like he started out as a young guy who wanted to be old. Now he's an old guy who wants to be hip yeah, and young. Yeah. And and the format always sort of seems to meet that and or make that seem more tragic. And yeah. it's just so satisfying. I think- it's the two key examples of how to nail a show. So either go at the at the office route and know when to walk away. Go, right. We've done that. It's good. Or, as I said, do the partridge thing of you've got to recreate and reinvent and change change all of the boundaries just so you're not going, was that as good as the last series? Because you can't totally. really compare it to the last series. You can't compare the I'm Alan Partridge to knowing me, knowing you. Of course, They're completely yeah. different things. So it gives you that kind of... Right, you can just be its own th- own thing each time, which is totally yeah. And he's exciting. and he's aging, yeah. and he's like, and he's losing it a little bit. Yeah, but not not Coogan the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like and Coogan, but you, <laughs> he's he's firing an awesome and all cylinders. That guy yeah. is slick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, watching him work the other day was really Amazing. inspiring, and him with the, and the Gibbons exciting. as well. Just like yeah. Down to like every sort of syllable of the word, the, yeah. the, the direction is. I yeah, really enjoyed because that was when I again I like how podcasts you kind of allowed to recommend others. I really enjoyed Coogan on Buxton's podcast, and he talked about how meeting the given uh, uh, brothers kind of changed. It, it, it's what brought Partridge back because he he's he said everyone gives Coogan all the, the credit. He's worked with amazing people, and he's. Again, it's really it's encouraging for anyone like us who has the lack of confidence as well. He kind of said when they finished the last one, he, he wasn't working with Armando anymore, whoever yeah. else. He kind of thought, oh, I'm not good enough to do it on my own. Yeah, my yeah, one, it's yeah. like, you know you're Steve Coogan, right? right you know yeah, you're sure. one of the greatest of all time. But it was when the Gibbons kind of approached him and kind of said that and said, you're brilliant. We want to work with you. We'll make this. And I think they worked together on the book first, I think. Yeah, maybe. I maybe. think that's, that's, that's how they came came together on the I Partridge book and then he was like this is amazing and it yeah it's just transfers yeah. along but that, isn't that like that's also like a I guess that's an extension of the, the sort of format evolution it's yeah. like the new format is I'm going to write it with other people yeah. and surrounding yourself with people who you think are, are funny is, and, 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 and that get it is so important not in a sort of like let's get rid of everyone else but like you've just got to have people that match your sort of sensibility. Yeah. It's like, it, it took me a long time to learn that like, when, you know, you disagree with a, a script editor or a producer or something, 
that person isn't wrong. You just disagree with them. Yeah, and a lot of the time, outlooks. and you, it's sometimes that's good because it's like, you know, they may be filling in a gap that, that you, you know, that you have. Yeah. But I think with, um, a lot of the time it's like, well, if you were a painter and you were painting a picture with someone else and you had two different ideas, you yeah. just couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you want to paint a car and he wants to paint a cow, it's, yeah. you know, it could be pretty cool, that mate. But it's, pretty, also, yeah. but it's also like, you know... A car with big horns on the side of it. Yeah, or a, or a, you know, a cow that's sort of very ill from yeah. the oil inside <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, a very unhealthy cow. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that that is, you know, I've got, well, I made a, a pilot a while back for the BBC called People Time. Yeah. Uh, and, and the people on that was Al, who's in staff, was in yeah. that, and Liam Williams and Darren Johnson and Claudio Doherty and Tash and, and Ellie, who I work with a lot. Yeah, they're all people that, like, I want to continue to surround myself with and, and help make good stuff. I, I work with a comp- I work with um, Simon Bird, who's in the between right. us, and, yep, and Johnny yep, yep. Sweet's company, yep. uh, Owen Spencer Millman. They're, they're called Guilty Party, and I've made a couple of shorts with them. And, you know, a, a rough cut as well who makes staff. You yeah. know, they sort of, like, know my voice now because I've been working there for yeah. six years or whatever. They gave me my first break. Perfect, but but yeah, guilty party, and you know, surrounding yourself with like these, you know, Johnny and Simon, the notes they give, they're coming from the point of view of performers, so it's you know, it's helpful to you know, if they get the voice of the character, yeah. Well, speaking of surrounding yourself with great people, you did something recently which I saw you in. Partly because I'd auditioned for it, and I didn't think we didn't have. I don't think it was it was for the same role, but. auditioned for it and didn't get it but um, I saw it come up I thought I'll give that a look and in it you got to work with or you got to surround yourself and do a scene with the legendary Shaggy oh my god um, how was that it was, was Game Over Man which I, I, I watched this on Netflix yeah. and yeah I thought it was, it, it, was, it was good fun and then you get to the mind blowing part of you get to do a scene with Sh- Shaggy as you know your character is excited about Shaggy Shaggy isn't Shaggy isn't particularly excited about Shaggy um, and yeah so how, so how how was that film in general to work because it's a big jump over to America with the guys who made that are huge over there yeah, yeah, and because I, I remember when I was auditioning for it I, was, I felt bad because like, I'm not that familiar with them they seem funny well, it's not that it's, not, yeah not over that there it's huge yeah that's it huge over yeah. there and it's, it wasn't a big Thing over here, really, but yeah, yeah. but they're, so lo- they're lovely guys, and the director Carl Newercheck's really nice. It was sort of like a real curveball, <laughs> yeah, in my career path. I mean, I'm sort of like typecast as the sort of like sort of simpleton, yeah. uh, the British simpleton in, in sort of like sitcoms in the UK, and then suddenly I'm the bad guy in like a big American action blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, to this day, I kind of felt like I, I slept through it for two months because I remember watching it back and being like, I cannot believe I did all that stuff. I mean, it was a mad, I mean, yeah. such a useful experience. You How know. often did you just pretend that you were in Die Hard? I mean, you're making it? in my head, because it's I, got the diehard vibe. It's like, that's not an accident. It's very, oh much, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sort it's, of a, it's, it's sort of a pastiche. Yeah. yeah. But, like, any time I'd catch myself in the mirror <laughs> wearing, like, a suit holding a gun, I'd be like, who has let me do this? <laughs> How is this What happening? And like, and then it's sort of like you look deeper into the mirror and you see, like, Shaggy and Action Bronson having a chat in the background. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I don't... What has happened to lead me to be here? This is and, bizarre. And Turk, Shaggy, by the way... And Turk from Friends. Turk, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, from uh, Scrubs. From Scrubs, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Scrubs, yeah. He would have made a great character in Scrubs. Friends. Friends, yeah. But um, Shaggy was, I mean... 
This is going to sound convenient because you just said it. Shaggy was my the person I got on with best. Amazing. <laughs> in the shoot. Amazing. And it's like, in fact, this is interesting. I mean, his knowledge of sort of 90s British culture blew my mind. Really? So a lot of the time, like, everyone's reference points there were kind of like just things I had no idea what they were talking yeah. about. You know, a lot of sort of 4 a.m. chats, a lot of night shoots and stuff. Yeah. And he comes in and there's a big round table and everyone's asking questions like, how did you come up with Mr. Bombastic? Yeah. Which is a great story. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and stuff like that and um, and he heard me talking in an English accent and his eyes sort of lit up and he was yeah. like um, his accent constantly flipped by the way between yeah. I won't try and do it but yeah. between just sort of normal American and then like his his sort of reggae shaggy voice yeah. and he was like you from the UK and I was like yeah he was like oh my god and just took me aside and pummeled me with questions Amazing. for an hour like just about ha- because he he broke I can't believe I'm talking about Shaggy no I love it he broke in the UK in the 90s that was where he got his big break because yeah. like um, you know was Mr. It, Bombastic was, and Mr. Lover Lover Carolina and then Mr. Bombastic and yeah, all yeah. that were yeah. huge and and because like you know sort of pop reggae hadn't really broken uh, yeah. uh, uh, in, in the States it didn't really work yeah. but everyone was really excited by it here and uh, and he was sort of on the top of the pops circuit yeah. for years yeah. and those were all, like all take that and stuff were his compadres and he was like he, he was like oh do you know he's 17 and I was like yeah of course and he was like well say hi to them when you get to London I was like no I don't know <laughs> he's 17 <laughs> you know he's 17 he was like oh my god Brian is such a good guy and I was like do I tell him that he overdosed on baked potatoes and ran over himself <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's like, surreal but was that month or few months then? Of, of, of again, it's surreal to be playing that character in that kind of big American blockbuster feel film, anyway. Yeah, and then to just be having—I mean, you shaggy only feel like a about E17. You only feel like a fraud. Yeah, that you're just going to sort of, of evaporate any second and sort of wake up in your bed in London. But no, it was amazing. It was in Canton, Vancouver's beautiful as well. Yeah. And yeah, I got to work with loads of great people. It's just bizarre because yeah. the whole thing was about. A, hotel full of celebrities being taken over so every day there was someone new that would be like wow. well they don't know they don't know how big a deal this is for me that I'm seeing yeah. them this is weird I love it I love that that because there's all there's the beautiful thing about those situations is unless you let it out everyone will assume that you're meant to be there yeah and, for sure and, and I had that with tons of stuff it's how I ended up having a Travis Barker play drums on one of my albums and things like that cause did you it, it was like there was the oh assumption God. that he'd heard some of my stuff and was into it and I was like right I'm not going to mention that I'm nowhere because again it's that assumption if you're from England and you're here yeah, yeah, yeah. you must be huge in England I'm like I do alright in England but right. I'm not huge but, but it's that assumption and you will have had exactly the same because you're the British guy in it they must be he must be a huge oh, comedian totally. in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. UK he must be you know Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, 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 that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, massive. Yeah, I went to the cinema with Adam Devine uh, while I was out there, <laughs> wow. who's like a huge star. And yeah. I mean, he went to buy a ticket, and the whole staff ran in. They didn't. They just ran into their office and screamed. Amazing. Like they didn't even give him the ticket. They just they just couldn't handle it. And I was like, yeah, stuff like that happens to me in London. Yeah, totally normal. Uh, yeah, sort of yeah. I mean, it's less screaming and more sort of them being like, you smell, why are you in here? <laughs> I used to go out with. Um, as, uh, as someone in America and when we're out as she'd get stopped a lot for photos and because she was fairly famous and the after my first trip over there I got to the airport and a, literally a minute after she walked off I had two different people come up to me and ask for photos I was like couldn't you have done that any time in the last week I've been here so I could at least look on some level famous enough to be here and involved I was like just wait just come back come back come back I felt like a fucking idiot I once had a thing where I uh, I think there's always there's a little part of you 
there's a part of me that hates that thing of people coming up to you. Not that it happens that often, but you know, there's a secret part of you that. I, th- I think there's a tiny part of it. It's like, yeah, it's quite this nice. Is all right. how, how, how pleasant. I was once in a waiting room. I think I might have told this story on something else before, but I was once in a, in a waiting room. It was like a, in a hospital. I was waiting to go and have a, an x-ray. And uh, this um, <laughs> this mum and daughter came in. And I'd just been in a, in, a, in a BBC One show. And they came in and I was like, oh, my God. And they looked across at me and they were whispering to each other and I was like ah will this nightmare ever end but secretly like mm, this is sort of quite nice okay I, I mean they'll ask for my autograph I don't want to give them my autograph but if they need it I guess I'll have to do it if they want a photo it's fine or a video to send to their cousin as well it's fine I don't care and then uh, I got called in to have my x-ray and it was only then that I stood up and realised I'd been holding a transparent part of my own shit <laughs> And that's what they were that's, obviously that's looking at. They, they hadn't seen my BBC One uh, sitcom that had yeah. done very badly in the ratings. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I love those things. I mean, and, and you're right, it is a weird... Particularly if you're anyone who's awkward, it's weird to go through anyone anyone recognising you, but you're damn right it makes you feel nice. And makes yeah, you feel the, but the, I listened to Martin Freeman's uh, yeah. podcast you did with him, and I think, yeah, he made a really good point. It's just about... It's nice if someone comes up to you and they're like, oh, quite like mm. the thing you've done, but a sort of photo that's taken w- without them sort of looking yep. at you. Yep. I had a guy on a, a, I had a guy on a film set be like, um, what's, uh, are you an actor then? I was like, I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> he was like, right, okay, autograph. And I was like, oh, uh, sure. And he was like, who, who are you? What's your name? And I was like, well, I mean, you'd find out when I'd signed the autograph, yeah. but why do you want it? And he was like, oh, my son might know you. And I was like, um, oh, all right. Well, I don't actually have a pen and paper on me now. And he shouted at me. He was it. like, why? Yeah. What are you, like, do you, do you, you don't really care about the people around you? Is that a thing? I was like, I, I mean, I can't believe you've jumped to that. Yeah, you've got angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really weird thing. But I've I always found of, the question of, are you famous? A question that answers itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Apparently yeah. not. So. Yeah, it's an oxymoron <laughs> yeah, of a question. Yeah. Come on, hell. but the, the the one time I've I've or the, no the two times I've enjoyed it, it's the same situation. I'm I'm I started acting a couple of years ago and I adore it and I'm going in for loads of auditions all the time. I love it right. as a workshop. I'm going in for loads and, and not getting them. It's fine. It's you know it's, I'm, it, 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 this isn't me showing off. But <laughs> there's been two different ones where I'm in for auditions and people in the audition room have recognised me and been like, I just want to say I'm a big fan. And that's the exact time you need that boost of confidence. And right, right, that's right. like cockiness. So oh, that'd totally. be two of the best auditions I've done because you're going in there like, oh God, I'm going to be shit. No one's going to care. Totally. So to just before I have someone go, just want to say I'm a big fan, I go, fucking right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to smash this. But the one I had recently, this would, the, the, the woman was coming in the room to get the people and she comes up to me and goes, just want to say I'm a big fan. I got up to go and she, to go with her I was like this is great I got up to go and she went oh no I'm not here for you I'm auditioning for something else I'm, I'm here for this person I was like I was literally like well, well can I audition for that as well then because you know who I am so that's, that's yeah, I'd yeah, rather yeah. be auditioning for a person who's already a fan that's yeah brilliant. yeah well uh, yeah, do come in and audition I'll, for a six year old girl that, but yeah exactly <laughs> I mean uh, yeah the worst is when they like your stuff and they're like, oh, this will be essential. Don't worry about it. Just, just, just do, give your own interpretation. I'm not yeah. going to give you any notes. And then you do it, and they sort of go 
very pale and are like yeah. just go please could you do you mind just not being in here anymore that would be yeah. great it was so nice to meet you though um, yeah. and I've completely changed my mind about I you as an actor I had one where we'd had a big chat beforehand we got on really well and it was a character that I'd really I'd figured out things I wanted to do with him so I'd really w- w- worked on each little bit and literally just as she's pressed to start on the camera she went I mean it'd be good if you could like she was saying everyone I've had in has been doing it in a London accent so it'd be good to hear someone doing a Liverpool or Manchester or something like that if you, if you wanted but do London if you want just meet you're so just I meet just in that instance. ignored that completely and did my normal accent and exactly what I planned because I was like you can't throw it like literally as you're about to press record you can do it how you were going to or do it a completely different way right yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. like uh, 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 and that was just the worst audition because it's like again I practiced and practiced and I go, got through it I was like why didn't I just go hey Come on, all right. I mean, you feel properly. What was oh. that? Was that? Was that? Oh, it's my headphones. You? Sorry, I've got those headphones. I mean, they're good, aren't they? They're former sponsors of the podcast. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, both. Oh, this is a great. Um, well, why do you think I brought them in? Great segue. Noise cancelling comfort. Um, yeah, and they talk to you, and I, I mean, I'm not going to take you away from them, <laughs> but I, I was absolutely petrified when I bought them because yeah. the noise cancelling thing is it's so noise cancelling, isn't it? Yeah, it's like when you take them off, it's like, oh, has the world always been this loud? It's I, mad. Yeah, and your ears sort of like ache from the sound. Yeah. I genuinely like like nearly fell to my knees Gen- when I took them off. I, I couldn't ag- <laughs> agree more because it was, I'd, I'd kind of tried noise, and this isn't an advert, but I'd tried noise cancelling stuff in the past. I was like, not really does much. It's a bit oh, of white yeah. noise. But li- literally, I put them on the first time and turned it on. I was in my in my little um, porch type bit, mm-hmm. which is quite quiet. And I put them on. I was like, and it was exactly that. I was like, wow, I didn't realise how noisy my life is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, this I feel is a great like a, I feel like a very good, cool guy when I'm wearing those headphones. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'd advise people wear them, but <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> um, well, I'll start to, uh, to round things up. But there's cool. there's. T- Two other things that you've been involved in that are two of my favourite things of recent years. So I do want to t- oh, cool. t- t- touch upon them. And one of them, I mean, speaking of that, how did this ever get over the line on paper? Uh, Murder in Successville, I just think, oh, is right, yeah. such an amazing show. And it partly excites me that it exists because I don't know how anyone ever signed off on that. Because it's such, it's so insane and so crazy and, and gibberish. Yeah. So how was that to kind of... Cause, Watching it, it looks like it's possibly even more fun to work on mm. than to actually watch because it feels like no one at any point is taking it seriously. And yeah. you know, I mean, Tom Davis and James DeFront is kind of the answer to the question: yeah. How did that get across yeah. the line? Yeah. Tom James DeFront's the director. Do you know those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I know Tom. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Tom is a force of life. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, he's just undeniable. Yeah. he's like one of the funniest people in the world. He's wonderful, and just like yeah, I mean that shows. I, I I've known him for years. He's one of the first people I work with, and like he's someone that I'll hug for fifteen minutes yeah. every time I see him because yeah. we never we don't really get to hang out that much. Yeah, um, but yeah, that show was insanely fun to work on because the intent. It's like it. The show isn't working unless you're having a ruddy good time yeah. on set. It, it just that, that is sort of the laugh for a bit. yeah. It's literally it's like the it's the only intention. And, and you was Zayn Malik, if I remember. I was, yeah, yeah. Right. And again, the beauty of that is, if people haven't watched it, it's a detective series where the guest each week there's a new guest each week who's a celebrity and they aren't in on it so they've yeah, not got a script for and sure. everyone else has got kind of a script and it's a who done it type thing. Totally. But everyone in this in Successville. So say the 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 or the chief of police is Gordon Ramsay, and right, 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 yeah. The, 
Lady that's Gaga impression has been, yeah. But that's it. A few of them do them as accurate impressions. A right. few of them do them completely not accurate, yeah, like, like a northern accent. person doing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. a few do, yeah, exaggerated. So, again, it's just completely bizarre and, uh, and ludicrous that, I mean, the, 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 the one where it was, they had Jimmy Carr and, and Alan Carr as the car twins. Oh, yeah, as that was gangsters. great. That was Colin was, Holt, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah and it was great. just tears of laughter because they're just playing them as completely just random kind of, yeah, yeah. Go, but yeah. So how was that? As, oh man, it's and just, how much of, of Zayn Malik did you study? And I mean, and, I, I sort of. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I, I've been doing. I do like that that show that I do with Cardinal Burns that yeah. I do once a month. I more often than not I play Zayn Malik at it. Amazing. It's sort <laughs> Amazing. of the characters that I do live because I like Brilliant. to do songs and stuff. Like yeah. it's it's I I sort of write like this is sound so gross but I sort of write comedy R&B songs brilliant the joke being that there aren't really jokes in the songs they're just yeah. sort of middle of the road R&B songs yeah. and that's yeah. the joke yeah. sort of thing but like I, I sort of I mean with all sort <laughs> of like you know if you're going to impersonate someone or do them there has to be a bit of affection there yeah. and I kind of I just I was fascinated by the rise of One Direction when they got really big because it's like these Americans have no idea the people that they're sort of like hero worshipping yeah. it's like they are like the biggest underdogs yeah. just like from really small areas up north and they're really like just sort of sweet guys and their yeah. accents are like so not what you'd expect of like yeah. a superstar yeah. it's like you know they're, they're sort of like wearing shades and they come out on stage and do their huge hits and it's like you're right everyone thanks very much thanks for coming, coming out. it's lovely it's lovely it's been really nice <laughs> Um, it's always like you know he's got that sort of like he's from Bradford or whatever yeah. and he's yeah but he like I mean I just think he's such a fascinating character yeah. and I, I sort of have uh, like been doing my ode to him for a few years and I Amazing. think Tom must have seen it but I've been trying to I've been trying to do that show trying to work out what I don't, but I think I, I, I like to sort of as a rule I try and do stuff now that I think I'd be good at doing yeah. if I can like and, and I think that the thing about not getting auditions and stuff it's obviously easier said than done but like it's I think the day I started getting parts it was a long time I wouldn't get anything yeah. at all the, I started getting parts when I really embraced the idea of like if they don't choose me for the part it's probably because I'm not right for the part and I don't want to be in a I don't want to play something that I'm not right it's, for it's why I thoroughly enjoy all the auditions I have because yeah. it it's, it's exactly that I know that I'm a six foot four guy with a big beard totally. it's not going to fit every role sure. so it's great to go and try it out and work it out if I don't get it that's fine I'm not yeah, right for it There'll be, totally I'd, 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 exactly the same I'd rather work on something I'm a perfect fit for than feel that I've been shoehorned in because it's a small role but I've got a decent Twitter f- following or something like for that sure. do you know what I mean I'd rather it be a good fit and a good project but you've also experienced the highs of making your own stuff yeah and, yeah. and, and that that is the real thing you know yeah. if you ever wanted to really? if you ever want well, personally anyway you know wanting to perform as a kid you know in my head that was like I want to be in the movies yeah, I want to yeah, be yeah. in you know Minneapolis yeah. or wherever I thought was cool <laughs> yeah, in America yeah, yeah. like and it's you know and the older I got and then I start you know I never thought I'd do it though I never ever thought I'd be on TV mm. and I still sort of don't think I'll ever be on yeah. TV <laughs> every job for me is like my last one yeah and, and and I did a lot of it and it was always fun and it was a, a great learning curve and you know but you start to realise the jobs that really like get you well for people you know people who make stuff is stuff where you have some sort of like licence yeah like you know 
shows where they let you and that's why I encourage people to try and do their own thing on my show it's like shows where they let you do your own thing a little bit even yeah. if that's just like your own sort of nuances and stuff it's like that is the thing that I didn't realise I wanted in the first place yeah. you know it's funny like you can do these huge things and they're great and it's and it's useful or whatever but they don't tick that thing that you, the, the little you was sort of like really really wanting it, it comes all the way back round to what you were saying of casting being key in those situations yeah. then you've got confidence to give people that freedom totally if, if, if you've if you've cast someone that you think is great then you're not going to be so precious over every line in the script and there might be bits that you're like well actually you're missing the joke there this has to this is key totally. but in general you've yeah you can have that confidence to go just for be sure you. yeah and do the first time do. and the first time I made something that I'd written and shot it it was like Oh, man, the, the shoot the six weeks. I mean, the six years of shooting staff was. I mean, I've never experienced turmoil like it. Yeah. Just like constant, but the six weeks of shooting it and the eight weeks or whatever of editing it, which were all hell in their own way, were yeah. also the greatest joy of yeah. all time. Just like, yeah, it's you know, it's in, incomparable. Seeing it come to life and it's 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 clear in the finished article that it's that the person whose vision it is has seen it through to the end as well because even the the credits and the graphics all they match the character it's not just it's Man, not yeah. just some kind of here's some channel 4 thing that we've shot it and now I'm off doing something else and someone else is dealing with it all do you know what I mean it all yeah, feels yeah. like it's all come from one vision and one totally voice. and I can't take credit for that sequence that was yeah. um, uh, the director Tom Kingsley who directs sort of most of the stuff I make Yeah, uh, he made that title sequence great. like from scratch yeah. and we I just went round to his house one one day and stood in front of some green screen and I mean people I don't know when this goes out yeah. you may not have seen it but it is the shittest title sequence of all time yeah, yeah. and I think that was the headline that me and director Tom Kingsley sort of like set out we were like how can we make this the least slick thing yeah. imaginable yeah. and I think I think we've come some I mean he's definitely achieved it I, I'm so happy with that it's sort yeah. of weirdly the only part of the show I can really really enjoy now because <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, a sort of music video for yeah, a second yeah. yeah and it's the bit that it's not you 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 don't have to feel arrogant if you're enjoying it because right. it's not oh, yours that's absolutely. the bit that you can just yeah, go yeah. this is just great yeah totally this wasn't even me this totally. is someone else yeah. well that's perfect that's a perfect point to wrap things up cool man thank well, you very thank, much for coming and chatting thanks so much for uh, having me people keep up to date on everything and what um, uh, I, I generally will update my twitter occasionally I'm not Is a big it? I'm not a big social media yeah. guy but when there's something of importance uh, and staff will be out in July at some point yeah. staff let's flats it's a new yeah. title for it it was going to be called staff but we're calling it staff let's flats it's a good name I like it, it yeah it sort of does the job I mean it totally alienates an American audience because none of the words mean anything to people no. in America yeah, that's, let's that's... flats and what even does staff mean anyway yeah, that's just three sounds isn't it yeah David Rent's Apartments is what it'll probably be called <laughs> yeah. out there yeah. that's so much simpler, anyway. well thank you very much it's thanks so much mate cheers you've been listening to Squibbish Pits there we go that was jamie dimitri i hope you enjoyed that i know jamie was actually a little bit nervous about about coming on because it, it's weird because i mean obviously he was amazing in the end but it's similar with anyone who does primarily or does a lot of characters when i had joe joe wilkinson on and brian gittins but not as brian gittins as dave they were both quite nervous and quite edgy so 
it's weird. I guess if you're you're used to doing a character, then it's weird to be yourself all of a sudden. But I thought he was fantastic. I read a, a really good chat. I need to mention now. I was too polite to say it at the time, but that that wasn't me. He saw riding a bike. I don't really ride bicycles. About um, I've never I ridden one in London in my life. Uh, I've ridden one round Stamfordly Hope every now and then, but it's very unlikely he happened to be strolling through Stamfordly Hope. So that was just a hipster. That was just a regular run-of-the-mill hipster. But yeah, I, was, I, I, I wasn't expecting him to mention that, and it threw me, and I was, I'm too polite, and I? I was too polite to say, you know, that wasn't me, mate. Um, so yeah, if, if you've ended up, up listening, Jamie, then it wasn't me. But also, I should also mention, in the podcast, he said... Stafflet's Flats is out in July. Obviously, it's not. It starts on June twenty seventh. It then continues into July. Um, so I guess primarily it's out in July, but it starts on June twenty seventh. And I've seen the first two episodes, and they're fantastic. So I recommend tuning in to Channel Four on June twenty seventh at ten pm. Um, you're going to love it. You're going to laugh, and you're going to become addicted to that weird little character. Um, thank you for tuning in. I'll be back next week with Kate Nash. And then, yeah, tons of good podcasts ahead. I, oh, well, I should mention that, that we're adding a few podcasts to the network in the coming months. So more to come on that. A music-based one by someone who already has a podcast on the network. And a film-based one by someone who doesn't have a podcast on the network but has, has appeared on two different podcasts on the network work so here you go go and do your little sleuthing and try and get to the bottom of that mystery um thank you for tuning in i'll see you next week ta-ta